Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 78 with our guest, Laura Wallace. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thanks for joining us and tuning in. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Our guest today is here to get you out of your head and into your passion. She is a self-proclaimed inspiration junkie, thrill seeker, and a fellow entrepreneur. She's the owner and creative director of Works, a graphic design studio that helps you bring your big ideas to life through branding, website, and marketing campaigns. And get this, they exist solely to get others as pumped about your brand as you are. How cool is that? Now, she started this business 11 years ago when she quit her job while six months pregnant with her son. Can't believe that. I want to hear all about that. It's Laura Wallace, and she's the host of The Gutsy Podcast, your weekly guide to getting out of your head and back to your goals as a passionate business rock star. Why? Because she knows that being an entrepreneur can be incredibly rewarding while also making you want to pull your hair out. Can you relate? I know I can. So happy to have you with us. It's Laura Wallace. How's it going, Laura? Hey, fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm so good. So there's so much here that I want to unravel and discuss because it seems like you get it, but I want to start with what's right behind you. Obviously, this is part of your brand, the word gutsy, and it, it says, yeah, clearly, and it says you have gutsy. What is that? What does all that mean? So the framework behind gutsy is, particularly as entrepreneurs, um, a lot of times you have thoughts and ideas, a passion, something that's burning inside you, something that wakes you up in the middle of the night, and there's a thousand and one reasons to not do it. There you go. Fear, concern, uh, perception. Um, fear can be unraveled into a thousand different directions. Um, but we really celebrate gutsy. And it's when people have that inner passion and want to do something. And even though there's those thousand and one reasons to not do it, they persevere and do it anyway. That is gutsy. And I celebrate that every day. I got to tell you, I spent a lifetime in the non-gutsy, but what was so frustrating, and I know you can relate there, I knew every day that I was showing up, ignoring, resisting, turning my back on my power, my strength, my ability, what was going to be a gutsy yet correct move for me. Oh, I put that to bed every night. And you know what that does. It creates a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, and a lot of resistance. Absolutely. How did you find um, this path to, to, like, why is it so meaningful to you to uh, allow others to be gutsy and, and uh, live their, their passion? Well, I feel like I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for, I think, my whole life, but an active entrepreneur for the last 11 years. Active, um, yeah. yeah, I remember being a little girl and, you know, cutting out magazine ads because I like the messaging and I like how they played with the photos. Um, so I knew early on that I, I had some sort of passion for marketing and design. Um, but as I started my business, you know, I started it from my couch by myself. Um, no business background, 
um, no marketing, like other than my schooling, no, like in the, you know, in the depths marketing training, um, really didn't know anything, which was kind of worked to my advantage because I feel like if I had known a whole lot more, maybe I had not done it. Um, but through the process of owning a business, I found out very quickly that there is this mental cycle that people go through. Go, and there yes. are, right? There are super high highs and extremely low lows. And then every emotion that you can think of in between those two, um, they happen. And I spent a long time feeling like I was the only one that felt like that. There must be something wrong with me. Yes. You know, I must be nuts. Um, yes. You know, everyone else appears to have it all together. Meanwhile, I feel like I'm losing my mind over here. Um, and then I started slowly talking about it. And I found out very quickly that that's actually the complete opposite. Everyone is feeling like this, yes. right? Literally every single day, every entrepreneur has some swing of emotion. Um, and the more I talked about it, the more I realized more people felt like that. And then, you know, a series of events happened. Um, and we realized that it, it just really comes down to gutsy. And I feel passionate about spreading that message because I live it every day. I know what they're going through. I can completely 110% relate to them. And, you know, when you break it down, people just want to be seen and heard. So oh, when, when we can relate to them on a, on a level where we can, we're literally living the same life that they are, just in a different capacity, magical things can happen. Laura, I'm getting the chills because you're saying so much that I'm like, yes, preach it. I get it. I've been there. Um, first of all, I, I'm, 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 I'm tucking away for a minute the fact that, and, and, and we'll get to this in a bit, the fact that you started your business when you had no business skills. Incredible, because I know so many will, will, will think that and say, oh, well, that by definition means that I couldn't or shouldn't do it. But right. it's, it's, it's plowing through and yet taking that step and taking that just one next action and seeing what comes of it. And I also love how you said the idea that we go through, yes, these ups and ups and downs and downs and everything in between as an entrepreneur, we can all relate to that, right? And the, the thing about it is that we then feel we're the only ones. And I, I spent a lifetime feeling that and then that turned into loneliness, despair, isolation. And mm -hmm. you know what that does? That ain't a good feeling to feel That's, isolated. It's not a great place to be. <laughs> you've, you've been there. Yes. More times than I care to admit. Yeah. So, so just knowing that others are in the exact same boat and you have to sort of navigate to them and around that to, to embrace everything that's going on. Absolutely. I love that your, your LinkedIn profile, wonderful. There's one phrase that caught my attention. It says, you are a risk-taking badass. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that. I hesitated to put it on there and I thought, you know what? This is who I am, so why the hell not? Why did you hesitate putting it on there? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's different. And LinkedIn is seen as a very um, professional network. Well, I'm a professional, but that doesn't mean that I don't have colorful language and I can't be who I am. There you go. If, okay, so you're a risk-taking badass and you put it on there and clearly you're going to attract the people that are um, into that and, and appreciate that and you're going to detract those that are either turned off, but that's sort of the game, right? That's sort of the, the point. Absolutely. If, yeah. if there's anything that I've learned through um, you know, finding myself as an entrepreneur and who my voice is and who I stand for as my own brand, um, it is that you do attract what you put out. So why put on a front? Why, you know, change language or tone or the way you dress, um, the way you interact with potential clients or when you're networking? Like, why wouldn't I, and I spent a long time doing this, but why wouldn't I give you exactly who I am with our first interaction? Because Imagine that. Yeah. Right? first impressions are maybe lasting ones. And what people don't realize is by putting on a front, it's not just that one occasion. Now, if you start a relationship with that person in any type of capacity, that's kind of their baseline. That's what they're expecting from you. And when you go and you change things and you start being, you know, quote unquote, who you truly are, um, people start to get kind of weird. And, you know, it just creates this really um, um, exhausting dynamic between you and anybody else that you come in contact with. So by putting that out there, you, you very quickly know a whole lot about me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, exhausting is, is exactly right. I've used that word to sort of sum up 
the lifestyle that I left behind because <laughs> it is exhausting to try to keep up that persona. And, and in my situation, it was, um, you know, driven from a lot of insecurity, a lot of desperation, uh, just trying to seek the approval of others and show up as the person that I thought they expected me to be, which was really perpetuating the, the small story I had about myself in my head. And then mm -hmm. You wind up attracting all those people who are none too eager to uh, perpetuate that story for you. And um, it is exhausting. Amen to that. Yeah. What, what was the business before you started Works, W-O-R-X? Yes. Um, um, 11 years ago, you were pregnant with your son. What a gutsy move. I guess that's all part of it, right? Yeah, of course, <laughs> it's a gutsy move. That's how you got to this point. What was the role and position you were career you were in right before then? So before then, um, it was actually my first job out of college, and I worked at the Yellow Pages designing. I'm sorry, I, I really couldn't hear you. It sounded like you said the Yellow Pages. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's kind of archaic at this point. I think um, I have to like teach my kids when they get older about this book that exists. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll be in museums at some <laughs> point. Like look at this archaic piece of literature. Um, yeah. yeah, I designed yellow page ads, uh, which okay. was just as exciting as it sounds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, did you design them for, um, were you working for yellow pages that had a client that, that, that was going to advertise, but they needed somebody in-house to... Yeah, so yeah. basically the, the sales reps would go out and they would have accounts. Um, we would often create things called spec ads where they were trying to pitch ads for different businesses. So I was often the, um, the person behind the scenes... Um, creating these ads for people that I never met based on the information that I was given. Um, you know, we worked with like four colors. It got real crazy. Black, red, yellow, and blue. Well, that's it. And every once in a while, someone would get real crazy and take out a full color ad. And that felt like Christmas. A full color ad in the yellow pages. And they were, and then you were the one that they would say, Laura, here are the specs. Design this ad for uh, the new advertiser. One of them, yeah. Wow. So, so you have a creative background. You're I a do. designer. Yeah. I am. I'm a graphic designer by nature. I have a bachelor's degree in graphic design. So um, art and creativity has always, always been part of my life. And what happened? You just got bored or fed up? Or how did this come to an end, the designing Yellow Page ads? Well, a series of events, a couple of different things. Um, I was getting really kind of antsy as far as, you know, like I said, I was creating ads for people that I never met. And I very quickly found that I wanted to know about these people and their story, not just what the sales rep was telling me, hey, put these four bullet points in their phone number in the ad. I wanted to know more about the farm that I was creating the ad for. I wanted to know why the mechanic started his shop. You know, I was more interested in the story behind the business yeah, and, you know, why they were there in the first place versus just being, you know, I very quickly turned into a production artist, which was quantity over quality. And I was just cranking stuff out. Me and the team that I was working with, you know, we were just cranking things out. And I did, I felt like, you know, through my schooling, I was trained to have purpose and meaning and a story behind the, the brand and the design. Um, and I was, you know, shifted into a role where that kind of took the back burner. So that was one of the things. And then when I got pregnant, um, when my husband and I decided to start a family, um, you know, I knew that I wanted more for our family. I wanted oh, to you did? <laughs> crazy concept, I know. Not many people do. Yeah. You know, I just, I really, I wanted to be there with our son as he was taking all of his first milestones and I wanted to be there to get him on and off the bus. And, you know, I, I wanted to be able to raise him and I felt mm. like I had an opportunity to be able to do that. I know not a lot of people do. So I feel very fortunate and blessed that I was able to do that. Um, you know, and then when, you know, showing my ambition, I, you know, my gutsy wasn't always necessarily celebrated in the way that, um, other people saw what my role should be. So all of those things combined and connected, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here. I got stuff to do. <laughs> Sorry, it's, um, you know what? I, I, I see the mouth moving, but um, I got somewhere yes. to be. 
Right. I got, I got right. stuff to do. I'm going to shift here. So that's fantastic. Um, we're going to catch up to all this and see how all that plays out uh, by being gutsy. But I want to go back to the very beginning and I want to learn about Laura Wallace and what shaped you and uh, how you got here today. Take us back to the beginning, if you would. What was life like growing up for a young Laura Wallace? So my childhood, um, you know, came with its own set of challenges and obstacles. Um, I have um, three siblings. Um, if I go way back early on, um, my parents were super young when they had me. They were um, 15 and 16 years old, so just babies wow. of their own. Wow. Um, so I grew up in a, in a very young household um, with grandparents around me. Um, you know, and, and things, you know, things are not always fairytale land. Um, my dad left when I was two. Mm. Um, and then my mom was left to raise me with my great grandmother. And I just feel like, uh, you know, we just kind of had a, a rough start to, to my journey in this life. Um, and I learned a lot of really great things from my mom. Um, but I also uh, grew up very, very quickly. Uh, lots of responsibilities. Um, I helped to raise my siblings, um, which I'm very close with now. And, uh, you know, it was, it was challenging. You know, we, we didn't have a lot of money, so we grew up on a lot of, uh, you know, turkey meals and, uh, and that come in those little, like, cellophane bags that you put in the microwave and microwave pizzas. And, you know, I think that uh, people do the best with the resources that they have. Um, and I also learned that people can only love you in the capacity that they know how to love themselves. Ooh, that's incredible. Let's, um, let's talk about that for a little. So um, whether it was your mother or others around you, people can only love you to the capacity in which they can love themselves? Yes. So, you know, everyone has their own story, right? Mm. And everyone has their own upbringing and their own surroundings and their own circumstances. And sometimes, unfortunately, people are not, um, people are not loved um, or they're not paid attention to or they're not given that thing that they need from within them. Been there. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it was challenging. I had some, some pretty um, challenging situations and, and conversations and um, a lot of a lot of variables that I I think that probably could have made me bitter um, and angry as an adult, um, but everything is also a choice. So while people can only love in that capacity, you also have the opportunity to change that story as well. And I chose to change the story. At what age were you able to really connect all that and take action on that? Um, that was a series <laughs> that was a, that was a lot of a, kind of a lifetime of learning in its own. Okay, Honestly, that's not until I had my son did my mindset start to shift because when I had my son, I learned what love really was. Oh my gosh! Um, yes, I <laughs> same exact. I have a five-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son that I, um, I credit totally to being the mirror for showing me, okay, this, this is the way to live. This is the way to experience. This is the way to be. And I didn't want to show up in that world for them kicking and screaming and yelling and misery and anger, which I was. And uh, I'm like, yes. okay, this has to stop. You guys are like extraordinarily perfect. And you're showing me how to experience the world and how to be through your range of perfect, beautiful emotions. And um, I then uh, had to take an honest look in and then um, make a series of one by one habit changes, replacing the bad with uh, a little bit of a better choice. Everything is a choice, as you said, and yes. slowly but surely here we are. And yeah, that's almost, almost verbatim what happened with me, you know, because when I, when I saw him and held him for the first time, you know, that, that moment a lot of people talk about, but truly for me, yeah. it, um, it made me, uh, it made me weep. Um, it gave me a lot of love, but it also made me very angry. Go ahead. I was, I realized what a parent's love could feel like. And then oh. I became angry because 
I didn't know why I wasn't worthy of receiving that myself. Now, fast forward, I am 110% worth being loved. I, yeah. I've worked a lot through that. We've gotten um, there. We've gotten there. Um, but my son taught me love. My son taught me um, what just raw, beautiful relationships could be like. Uh, my husband and I have a fantastic relationship, so certainly there's a lot of love there. But from a parent-child perspective, he's the one that started to snowball that healing for me. Mm. So going back to your upbringing, I know you said before that uh, this created some um, abandonment issues and some issues of uh, self-worth and self-love. Did you, did that put the drive into you to sort of foreshadow the gutsy movement? Is that how it started being connected? Like, oh, abs yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I look back, you know, when you're in, when you're living some of those moments, um, you know, you have a lot of emotions, a lot of anger, a lot of whys. You ask yourself why a whole lot. Um, and you live inside your mental space a whole lot, which is not always the best place to be. Um, but looking back, I can see how, those things shaped who I am today. And I don't think that without all of those things that occurred, that I would have had the gutsy or the drive or the purpose to do what I do now. Is there an element of boldness to a gutsy action? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, gutsy is, you know, is the term that we use, but it's backed by a thousand other descriptions as well. Bold, most certainly being one of them. You have to be, you know, it's hard to change your life. It's hard to get out of a pattern. It's hard to um, go against the grain when everyone's expecting you to do one thing. Cool. Um, and all of those decisions are bold decisions. And then collectively, it's the celebration of the gutsy that defines what you are. I love it. And I, like I keep saying, I totally relate to that. Spent a lifetime turning my back on that until I'm like, okay, you know what? It's, it's, it's time, especially because of the, the children who came about and showed me the way. And it's like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going yeah. to make a gutsy move. I didn't have that phrase, but there it is, every bit of it. There it is. You also talk about vulnerability. How does this play into things? So vulnerability is probably one of the, um, the most uncomfortable emotions that humans experience mm -hmm. uh, because when you put yourself out there, you uh, set yourself up for critiques, good, bad, in between. You set yourself up for other people's opinions, good, bad, or in between, um, and a whole lot of other things that kind of accompany it. Vulnerability to me is extremely important um, because you know while we're running businesses, and some of us have employees and we all have clients and customers. At the end of the day, we're all humans. And humans have emotions and humans have feelings and desires and drives and passions. So by being vulnerable, um, to me, it's an, uh, it's an opportunity to inspire someone else to be vulnerable as well. Or to know that their vulnerability doesn't necessarily define who they are or um, you know, it doesn't write their entire story. Um, you know, it's, it's just a part of who they are at that current time in their life. Yeah. And you, um, I know the way you put it is that most people would rather hide under blankets than mm. share their feelings. Oh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> feelings are hard. <laughs> the feels. The feels. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to have the feels um, and box them and contain them. Um, that's kind of the easy route. It doesn't yeah. mean that it's easy, but it's easier to kind of box things up and, you know, kind of tuck them in the closet or underneath yeah. the covers. I have certainly spent my fair share of days and hours um, tucked away as well. But you have to get to a point where, you know, you accept that that is um, what you're going to do and how you're going to feel, or you're going to break loose and you're going to allow some of those things out. And sometimes that's constructively with, with professionals like therapists or coaches. Um, sometimes that's with trusted friends. Um, sometimes it ends up in a business platform. You know, I, I share a lot of vulnerable things on our po podcast about my, my business journey and the things that I've gone through because there's power and knowledge and there's inspiration in stories and knowing that you're not the only person that looks, feels, or acts the way that you do. There's power and knowledge 
and there's inspiration and stories and uh, it helps you feel that you're not the only one going through it, which ties back to that earlier theme of when we are on our path in our day as an entrepreneur, we feel the highest of the highs, the lowest of the lows, everything in between. And we tell ourselves we're the only ones going through this. And yeah. that creates that separation, that isolation. Uh, we've all been there. Absolutely. Absolutely crazy. And um, I always talked my feelings aside because, you know, this, I always perpetuated a very, um, you know, what was the story of my childhood that I was uh, incapable, uh, unvalued, and nobody cared in any regard. So my feelings stayed internal because I'm like, well, why am I going to express them? Nobody cares. And that, you know, went through uh, adulthood and it's not good. No, that, that stuff sticks around with you. You know, sometimes those um, childhood things that I experienced and those emotions that, you know, kind of lingered around sometimes show up in my business, which is really challenging. But one of the most important parts about it is now I have identified it. So that's one of the most important things by being vulnerable, right? You start to release some of those very, very tightly woven emotions and you allow them to breathe a little bit. And when you're more aware of them, then you can see how they're showing up for you, which then gives you an opportunity to change that story. But when it's all tucked away and you just, you don't want to face it or you don't want to deal with it, um, you know, it's always kind of this burden that comes along with you and you can't grow as an entrepreneur if you're not willing to grow as a human. Whoa, quotable right <laughs> there, seriously. Uh, and I love the, um, the idea that you, you have to be self-aware. That's what you're saying and that's what it's about. I've realized um, in the past few years just how needed and necessary that aspect of life is. You have to become self-aware. First, you have to know what that means and what it looks like. And then you have to, the more self-aware you can become, the better things are because you could anticipate reactions and emotions creeping up and see things for what they are, not how you're telling yourself. Right. You do any sort of meditation or journaling or rituals like that to help you? Yeah, I try. <laughs> I'm not the best at uh, keeping a routine, but I do, I do meditation. Um, I know that one of my spots to rejuvenate myself um, is to be outside. Um, so I'm a huge sure, component yeah. of being, being out um, sometimes just being quiet with myself, not really doing anything other mm -hmm. than just being alone with myself. It also comes down to, as you say, um, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I love this so much because sometimes we'll shy away from uncomfortability for the comfort of pain, which is only comfortable because it's familiar. True so story. it's painful, but it's comfortable because we know that pain, we know what to expect. So we resist the perhaps better choice of uncomfortability in the moment to work through that, to feel it, to accept it, to move through it. But we'll say, nah, I'm going to be over here uh, uncomfortably pained. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, the, the pain is familiar, right? Mm. And when you change things... Um, there's a there's a level of uncertainty, unknown. You have to learn something new, and sometimes this is an obstacle that you're going through. Sometimes this is dealing with outdated processes, you know, within the business that you're just willing to deal with because you're familiar with it. But it's going to take time to learn something new. You know, anytime you make change, um, it's sometimes by default easier to go back to what you're familiar with, even mm. if it's taking mental capacity. Like those things take time away from you, even though they're familiar and they're painful, um, you're willing to deal with it because you already know what they are. Yeah. So you going back to your um, Yellow Pages days, you said goodbye. You were six months pregnant to start your own graphic design business. Was it all rosy and wonderful from day one? No. It's <laughs> a loaded I, question. No, no. And, and I think if anyone says that it was, um, that they are not being vulnerable enough. Oh. Um, you know, when I started Works, 
Um, I had no business background. I didn't know, you know, how to effectively, you know, network with people or how to get out of my comfort zone. You know, prior to that, I had been in an office working. Mm. Um, but I knew that I, I had more to give. So I was willing to take the risk to figure it out. So, you know, it's a, it's a, every day was a new process. Every day was learning something new. Um, and just as soon as I learned what I felt like I needed to learn, there was a new monkey wrench and I had to figure that out too. And honestly, that's true today as well. Like I don't have all the business answers. I don't know a lot of things, um, but you have to be willing to learn to be able to grow. And that's the magnificent thing you just said. First of all, the admission of, I don't know, I don't have all the answers, but I don't need all the answers right now. I do not need all the answers. I just need to know what that next action is and be able to take it and then either figure it out uh, in real time or talk to somebody on my team or a connection that can help me figure it out. That's all it is. That's all successful people do. They don't master every single part of it. You, you have to know what's going on, right? But you have to just know that I got it. I can figure it out in real time. I can see what may happen. And if and when that point comes up, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll research. I'll ask somebody, but it'll all work. Was there a time you said that um, you went bankrupt? <laughs> yeah. That was fun times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good times. So, uh, two years. Well, no. Let me take this back. Um, I quit my job, started working from home. At that point, my husband was, was the moneymaker in our, in our, in our household. Um, we were able, to, you know, while things were tight, we were able to get by, meet our bills um, based off of his income. And then we were slowly building the business. Um, but I remember very distinctively, I was sitting at my mother-in-law's kitchen table because I felt really isolated working at home by myself. I'm a creative person and I, and I feed off of people's energy. So I got really like bummed out being alone. Um, so I was working at her house. I had taken my laptop down there and my husband walked in the door and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I thought, Oh, he came home for like a late lunch. And then I realized, wait a second, he works 45 minutes away. He wouldn't just hop back home. And also it's like two o'clock. So he's not here for lunch. And based on the look on his face, Oh, no. I knew very quickly that something was terribly wrong and he let me know that his job had let him go. So overnight we went from his income and paying our bills to literally no income. Also a baby about to be born six to eight weeks later. So insurance, bye, income, see ya. Um, and we very quickly wondered how in the hell we were going to survive life. So, you know, we picked up, um, it's called Cobra Insurance. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's basically um, supplemental insurance in between jobs that costs an arm and a leg. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of started this very, very uphill battle to um, keep, keep our life moving forward. And after about two years of him in and out of jobs, you know, he's, um, he has a degree in architectural drafting and design. And that was 2007. So if you marry those two things together, not a super ideal time to be in the housing market. I, I, um, I yeah, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he was in and out of jobs, you know, a lot of places were laying off and just not hiring. Um, and after about two years, um, you know, we just financially couldn't do it anymore. So, so we went bankrupt. We filed bankruptcy. Okay, before we get into that, so that <laughs> afternoon, he, let's, you know, we're going to let that simmer on the stove for a few okay. minutes, right? So then we went bankrupt. Okay, turn to simmer. Um, so he comes home two in the afternoon and he, he tells you this. Certainly now, the next few hours, how, how are you emotionally processing this? First of all, you're pregnant, let's not forget, which when, when we were pregnant, uh, I, I knew that, okay, honey, just relax as much, like, like nothing stressful here. You go. Okay, so now you're, you're being a little uh, poked and prodded and challenged by the powers, yes? Yeah, because at that point I was eight months pregnant, which means I Anytime. was super, super hormonal um, and quite miserable in my own skin. 
Um, you know, those next few hours were, were challenging. Um, you know, we, we were afraid, we were angry, uh, we were bitter, we were nervous. Um, you know, if you can think of the emotion, we most certainly were experiencing it. It was a lot of how are we going to do this now? We're about to bring another human into this situation and now we don't even know how we're gonna take care of ourselves. So how did you giving birth the next month, I imagine, right? How, how, how did you, by, by that point, did you spend time just, just doing what needed to be done? How did you show up? Yeah. yeah. You know, we, day by day, honestly, yeah. I don't know that there was a, a secret sauce or, or, a, or plan. a strategy or a plan at that point. It was just, how are we going to do this? We went back and forth a lot on, you know, I said, well, maybe I should just go back to work. You know, that seems like the logical thing to do. Um, my industry is fairly okay at this point. Um, yours clearly is not. Right. So, and you're um, hanging on to the yellow pages at this point. You're like, well, they'll be around for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but my husband is a huge supporter of me and what I do. And he was like, if you go back to work, you're going to be miserable. Burn the boats. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So we just, we just took it one day at a time and we leaned on one another. Um, you know, I was helping him uh, put resumes into other places and we were just, you know, let our family in um, and leaned on them, um, you know, and just hmm. took it day by day. So now if I'm doing the math, you have a um, 12 year old son? He'll be 12 this year, yeah. And how, how, is, uh, how is he? He's amazing. Isn't he? <laughs> I, I, I mean, imagine. I'm a little biased because he's, he's my human, but- Why not? Um, but he's just a, he's a beautiful soul. He's, um, creative inside and out. Um, he loves people from the depths of his heart. Mm. Uh, he's, he's always the first one to, to chip in and help if, if he sees someone in need. Um, he's often, you know, things that he writes at school, he's often talking about, talking about helping, helping other families. Mm. Um, you know, he, he writes and he draws and he sings and, um, he's a joy to be around. It's amazing. I love hearing that. Totally relate. So you went bankrupt. We're going to go back to that pot now. Okay. Um, you went bankrupt and now you sort of have to pick up the pieces. And I know you said that um, part of all of these chain of events were in part because you were not listening to your gut, right? But in turn, just trying to not rock the boat and upset people. How detrimental is that, right? I get it. Yeah, well, it was, you know, one of the emotions that I went through was, okay, I made this choice. This is what I felt like the universe was calling me to do. And now I feel like I'm being punished. Um, looking, yeah. Wow. Looking back, um, I know that it was more just training. There you go. Um, so lots of perspective. But in that moment, I was, I was angry. And then I started to question myself. I started to question my gutsy, right, at that point. Because I'm like, oh, well, see, I, I make this choice and I go out on my own. But now it's like the universe is telling me that you shouldn't have done that. Um, Was that an incorrect assessment? Absolutely. What's the correct assessment? The correct assessment is by going through that, I learned things, very valuable things that I needed to know for later obstacles and challenges in my life. I learned a lot about myself during that time frame. I learned a lot about my husband in that time frame. Uh, we learned a lot about one another as a team and a duo. And honestly, I learned what, what I was capable of overcoming because it felt like that was the end of our life, honestly. I mean, we spent many, many nights up very late crying, wondering how we were gonna even just make ends meet. We wanted to give our son a better life than one, what we had when we were growing up. Um, and it felt like we were never going to be able to overcome and get out of that. But again, perspective, here we are. Mm. What is your relationship with the word failure? So failure, failure is um, unnecessary evil. I've, I've had a lot of different experiences with failure. And I've also um, learned a lot from failure. I, I used to think that failure was a definition. It's more of a journey and uh, an opportunity to learn something for a future occasion. Hmm. 
It's a great uh, sentiment all, all around. So the, the brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, of course, is built on the fact that I was hiding in every regard using fear as the excuse to remain stable there and you know not move forward. Perhaps you had already mentioned this, but I want to frame it this way. Tell us about a time that scared the hell out of you. Ooh, I feel like I'm scared a lot, <laughs> honestly. Um, but that's kind of part of the process. Um, a time that scared the hell out of me. Um, so probably one of the first big moves that we made in the business um, was when we were starting to come out, we were on the other side of bankruptcy. Oh man, I have so many different times that I could talk about. Um, one of the first big moves that we made in the business was renting a small space um, outside of the house. Okay. Um, and that was a, a pretty terrifying situation because um, I ran the business out of the house, which meant our only like overhead expenses were basically our home expenses. Yeah. Um, now this space ended up being kind of a smaller satellite space and we didn't work out of the home a whole lot. We only went there, you know, a couple hours a week, but that first contract that I was presented with of a commitment to pay a monthly fee to do something um, above and beyond what I was currently doing was pretty terrifying to me. And in the same respect, um, you know, hiring your first employee uh, was also one of the most nerve wracking things I've ever done in my life. But now going back to that contract for the space, that was before you committed, that was the end, this is the terms. What did you tell yourself that, because clearly, I'm sorry, did you take that? You, I did. I did take it. You know, so it was, what did you tell yourself while being scared that, you know what, this is the right move? You know, I, I rely a lot on gut instinct. I'm a very intuitive person. Love it. Um, and I, I'm very intuitive when I enter spaces as well and when I'm around people. So when I walked in there, I could visualize me being in there. I could visualize doing more than what I was doing. Um, and I could see myself. It made me, so I, I, I base fear a lot off of two different emotions of feeling like it's a brick or a butterfly. So when, when, when fear is present, um, if you get this very sinking, heavy, very low emotion, um, those are like bricks. And those are usually signs that mm, this is, this is not right. Stop, turn around, reroute. But if you get this kind of light, airy, um, higher fear emotion where you almost kind of feel like you're going to throw up a little bit, um, that, that, is, oh, that, yeah. that is fear, but it's a sign to me that I'm in the right place at the right time and that it's a risk worth taking. So and, it, and it's almost necessary to feel that good fear yes. in order to move forward. You have to feel that in order Completely. to know that, that there's growth in Completely agree. I, you know, and being in that space, I had that light, airy, you know, kind of vomity fear feeling. So it felt exciting to me. It didn't feel like it was um, daunting. Yeah, I questioned how we were going to do it. Um, it's funny when I look back because the rent there was, wait for it, $115 a month. Um, and, and at that point in my career and in my time, that yeah. was a substantial amount of money. Yeah. So, hey. To you, it was, and to others, it is, and it depends where you are and how you receive that at that time. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Jeez, that whole analogy of fear. I, I never realized that takes on those two, two distinct feelings. One is a heavy burden fear, and the other is a light, airy. I've, I've, um, I've said that entrepreneurial entrepreneurship is is very much like butterflies in your stomach as often as possible. And the more often you can experience that, for me at least, I'm like, ooh, because I, I feel it daily. And uh, I, I try to experience that several times, many times, just, just, you know, thinking about projects, talking to people, doing things, going places, just that, that butterfly feeling is, is it. Absolutely. Looking back on a younger version of yourself, what advice would you now give that person? Hmm. Oh, she and I would sit down and have a lot of coffee together. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, girl, pull up a stool. We need to talk. Um, I love that. I love that. Go ahead. 
You know, I think one of the most important things that I would tell the younger version of myself is that you do not need other people's approvals in order to shine your light. You don't have to dim your light to shine. You don't have to tiptoe around other people. Um, people are going to have opinions no matter what you do. So you might as well do something that makes you feel like a rock star. Laura, it's like you're reading the audio version of my book. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, that there it is. There, same, same crap, right? It is crap. It really it is. is. And that's but why it, I say it deliberately. Go ahead. Yeah, but when you're experiencing it, it's very real. You, know, oh you, don't, you don't realize that it's crap until you have taken the necessary means to overcome and heal from it. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. You can't see it as that and you can't identify it as that for somebody else, of course. But now coming out the other side, you're like, what crap that was. But, you know, lovingly, it was a necessary part of the process. And here I am. Now it's a new beginning and let's go. Exactly. And I love the idea how you said it that because uh, it was the same for me that you can't this this uh, need for approval of of other people. Because for, for me, and I think you alluded to the same, you didn't want to like rock the boat. You didn't want to disturb. You didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want anybody to feel in like, like I was trying to like out position them. There's all these, all these crazy things. It's, it's, there's so many emotions around. There it. you go. Yeah. There's so many. And, and I also feel like um, when, you know, when I'm talking to her as well, I, I would also explain to her that you don't need other people's approval to really step into and be who you are. You know, I spent a, a lot, a lot of time and years um, feeling like um, if I wasn't getting the, you know, approval from other people that I wasn't qualified or, mm, mm. or able to do the things that I felt like I could do but because I wasn't getting the approval that I was seeking, that I wasn't allowed to do it. Oh, absolutely. The, the powers that be, uh, i.e. certain people, weren't giving you their permission, their blessing, their okay. They weren't signing off and you're like, well, I can't until I get a head nod, you know, a call from the bullpen, whatever your reference is. I need somebody out here to say, come on, let's go, you're in. Come on, right. we can do this. He never did that, ever. No. Until I said, guys, I'm in. And you, you don't have to say it to anybody except yourself and then go in. And then just do it. And, and then really go just in. Just take a step. That's all I did. Just take one step in one arena, in one regard, and that's it. And now you're on your way. That's what every day as an entrepreneur is like. You know, I think a lot of times we feel like we have to, you know, there's that saying, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. One bite at a time. You know, I think too often we feel like if we can't eat the entire elephant in one sitting, then we're not capable, we're not worthy, we're not able, whatever the case may be. But yeah. literally every single day is just taking, is just using momentum and taking one step towards something. Ultimately, those things are going to work their way out. You're either going to achieve it or you're going to realize that you need to be rerouted in another direction. Neither is wrong. You just have to be willing to do something. Todd, um, attending the live broadcast here, made a great comment. He said, that's so real. The crap feels real, but it's crap. Then again, it's part of our journey to becoming who we are. Yeah. Period. Without, without the crap, I hands down would not be who I am today. Same. I, yeah, absolute same. I love that. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Every, every single day. Every single time. I think that your entire life is, is already kind of mapped out um, and you're, you're walking on the journey and the story. Um, and, you know, things happen for a reason because, you know, if it's a negative situation, it's shaping you for something later. If it's a positive situation, it's building you up for something that's coming down the pipeline. Um, every scenario happens in the right space at the right time to teach you what you need to know. There you go. Are you spiritual or religious in any ways? I'm, I'm a whole lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah, I have my own kind of like, you know, I don't feel like I, I belong in any particular named uh, box, so to speak. Um, but I'm very intuitive. Um, you know, I, God and I talk in the car. Um, I'm also a huge component of, you know, nature and earth and 
um, you know, the spirits that are around us. You know, I, I kind of have my own quirky take on that stuff, but it works for me. Opposed um, to everybody else's non-quirky take on it, right? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, you but know, I, I know what you mean, and you know what I mean, right? It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a weird little mix of a lot of different things, um, and, it, and it works well for me, and it allows me to kind of tune into something bigger than me sometimes. Imagine that you're doing what you feel works for you. Crazy concept. I know. What do you believe happens when it's all over? when our time here on earth comes to an end. What do I believe happens? Like with like my, with me? Yes, or? yes, with you, when it's wow. all over for you. That's a deep question. Why not? Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like what happens to everyone is different probably. Um, I think it depends a lot on, I don't really know. No one's ever really asked me this before. You've never I, thought about what happens? I, I have. Yeah. So if I just kind of break it, break it down, I feel like, I feel like our souls are sent to where we are needed. So, or where we we're being called to. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm into some pretty woo woo shit. Um, <laughs> that's what, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so like my great grandmother, for instance, is one of my, one of my spirit healers and she's often with me as one of my guides. So I feel like her soul was called to, to guide me. So I feel like when, when my time is, is up, my, my spirit and my soul will be called to wherever I am needed, if needed. Hmm. Lovely. I will leave you with this final question. Laura Wallace, how would you like to be remembered? I, so when I am, you know, I told my husband the other day, I said, you know what, when I die, I want you to make me a tree. <laughs> a I tree? want to, a tree. Like, I don't want classic burial and all that kind of stuff. Like, I would rather be put back into where I came from. Um, when I die, I want people to be like, that woman inspired the hell out of me. And if I can leave that lasting impression with people that I cross paths with and they, they smile when they think of me and they feel like, you know what, she inspired me to do something that I didn't feel like I could do, then my time on earth was well spent. Well, you're certainly inspiring this gentleman right here. Seriously, many chills, many takeaways, and a whole heap of inspiration. Thank you, Laura, for, for joining us and for opening up and sharing your wisdom with us today. Awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. I'm glad to hear that. And I hope everybody tuning in to the live broadcast also uh, really enjoyed it. Um, if you're tuning in to the replay and you're consuming this on your favorite podcast uh, platform, be it iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Google or Spotify, go over and leave us a little rate and review. Honestly, I love reading them. I love knowing what you thought. And keep in touch with us. Keep in touch with Laura Wallace. And um, we're going to do it again. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.